Welcome to The Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series where in each episode, a girl goes deep into the woods, challenges a bear, and a podcast ensues. With thanks to the B2B leaders featured for their candour on meeting business place demands and ensuring the B2B experience is every bit as powerful as consumer experiences. Hello, I'm Jo Parker, Group CEO of VCCP Business, and today I'm talking to Antonia Wade, Global Marketing Officer for the PwC Network. Hi, Antonia, and a warm welcome. Hi, Jo, and thanks for having me. So before we start, I'd love to tell you a bit about Antonia. Um, In her role at PwC leading the Global Marketing Organisation, she brings together all aspects of brand, digital communications, thought leadership and marketing Previously, Antonia was the Chief Marketing Officer for Capita, where she led a brand refresh and marketing transformation, which we worked on um, a part of that with you. It was a fantastic um, achievement. Um, Prior to that, she ran global marketing for Thomson Reuters Refinitiv and spent 10 years in marketing at Accenture. In these roles, she has led teams to deliver global brand awareness and thought leadership programmes implement major technology programs and design go-to-market campaigns in collaboration with regional teams that have driven significant pipeline growth. She's an expert in business-to-business marketing and digital transformation. There's literally nothing she doesn't know. That's why we're so keen to have her on this podcast. And is a reg- <laughs> that sets a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, and is a regular speaker at events. So thanks so much for your time today, Antonia. And just to start then, so at VCCP, we like to challenge the big bears in the industry in what we're doing from a marketing perspective day to day. What bear would you like to challenge and why? Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, And it's a great question, I have to say. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, And I think that the bear that I would like to challenge is lack of courage uh, in marketing. And what I mean by that, I think it falls into a number of different camps. Firstly, um, lack of courage to really be thoughtful about the client experience of the marketing. So, you know, rather than just getting the piece out or getting the event done, being very thoughtful about, well, what do you want the client or customer to do next? Um, And be very challenging with the business about whether the thing that they get next is as good as the thing that they've just done. Um, I think uh, an element of courage around saying no to things that uh, don't really make sense and that are sort of vanity projects um, and that won't really make return for the business. Um, And I think we've all been in situations like that. Uh, Funny enough, I think the category that that most falls into is events. So we've had probably a couple of years off from that, but I suspect it's about to rear its head again. Um, And then uh, also lack of courage to try new things and test and learn and uh, not rely on the fact that something that's worked before might work again, but actually be continually curious um, and challenge yourselves and a business to really design marketing campaigns with a thoughtfulness around learning. And what are you going to learn about the client? Yeah, I love that sort of lack of courage. And where do you think that lack of courage comes from? Is it because in B2B organisations, they are immensely complex? They usually have multiple products, multiple distribution channels. Is it that complexity that makes it difficult? Or where do you think that lack of courage comes from? I think it probably comes from a few areas, and none of which is because things are bad. It's just I think a lot of it's rooted in history. So if you're in an organisation, 
organization that hasn't yet put in a good technology stack or if you're at early stages of using it, it's quite hard to get objective results around what clients think. And so it's always then filtered through a layer of subjectivity within the organization about whether something was good or not. Um, And that makes it hard sometimes, particularly if the stakeholders are very senior, to really challenge them um, because we operate in hierarchical systems and, and that can be difficult to do. I'm not sure either whether we as marketers spend enough time training our teams to have that kind of moral courage, to have that data authority and to have that commercial acumen to really be able to drive home the reason why. I think part of it is that we don't spend enough time always as marketers with our clients and customers. So we are relying on secondhand information. And actually, it's interesting because we have a very good opportunity to do it, even if you don't have any technology. And often your teams will be at events and you have a huge opportunity to talk to clients, but we don't always take it. Um, and so uh, that that kind of third partiness. Um, and then I think, you know, we are in a we are at a pivotal point in B2B marketing where the value of marketing is really being better understood by the more forward thinking organizations. But I think that there is still a legacy of marketing being a support function, sort of at the behest of sales or account management, um, and therefore tends to be underinvested. Um, it tends to be therefore quite heavily directed. And then there's a level around kind of is there parity at a senior level that really allows you to have that clout. And then just picking up on your point about complexity and multi-channels, I think that that's true too, because to get a message out across a number of channels in a not hugely well sort of financed or resourced or skilled uh, team means that your focus is always on just getting the distribution to happen rather than really thinking about whether your distribution channels are the right ones or that you've weighted them in the right way. Yeah, and you need sort of courage to work in real close partnership with the business don't you I think I have very good influencing skills um I saw that you're, you're brilliant at that I mean you you're you're a very <laughs> senior board level um representative but influencing skills really important in b2b isn't it understanding the complexity of the business yeah, I mean, really understanding the business, really understanding how your business makes money and what the cost of marketing means in relation to that. Really being quite thoughtful about what clients' expectations are, what their buying journey is versus what your selling journey is um, and being a strong ambassador for that. You know, I would encourage any marketers who are, you know, really thinking about advancing their careers to be uh, as comfortable talking about numbers and metrics, but also do that in a way where you're really telling a story rather than throwing a load of metrics at the organization. And also remembering that people, the reason why people are intrigued by and like marketing is because it is very creative. So it's about this balance of producing work internally that is uh, kind of creatively enticing, backed up by numbers or hypotheses that have kind of good commercial lens or good kind of fact-based research. Um, and that that will help you. I mean, yes, of course, you can learn influencing skills, but being pretty confident about your content is quite an important aspect yeah. of that. And, yeah. and, and knowing your value, right? That's the other thing. It's interesting you talk about creativity because that leads into my next question, really, which is, you know, worked with so many different brands in different regions. um, And B2B is often seen as as having less powerful brands than consumer led brands. Do you do you agree with that? And and, um, what are the blocks 
if you do agree with that, about having really powerful B2B brands, that emotional connection, I suppose. Yeah, so I think that it's not that we have less powerful brands, but perhaps we, we don't have as well activated brands. And that's hard to do in B2B marketing because some of the things that we market and sell take years to to conceive um, and actually at the point you know at the point at which if I think about some of the work that we would do at PwC or did do at Capture and other places you know the clients when the clients first start thinking about what they might have to do about a problem you're probably not in the room right they're probably um, looking at lots of third-party data and research and so and it's a pretty embryonic or um, ambiguous problem set that they're trying to solve and you have to be there your brand has to be there usually through advocates right through to uh you know from my experience in software being able to buy something online for example and so it's really so you're having to you're having to be whereas in b2c world you have to be relevant at the point of purchase and you can make some reasonably good assumptions about what point you really want to dial up your brand presence that's harder to do in b2b but then on the other side of it, I actually think the brands are incredibly important in B2B marketing because it can help really help you. So if you're making big career defining decisions that cost a lot of money, right, which is what the type of marketing I tend to do tends to be those types of products, services, um, then uh, having a brand that has a strong sense of purpose and alignment with the client's brand, having a brand that is trusted um, to deliver that has great credentials and track record can really help you um, and actually can some, can often be the motivator certainly for getting you on the long list if not getting chosen so um, I think it is really uh, important I think that b2b brands are incredibly powerful um, I'm not sure that we always value them as much as we could not as much as we should yeah no I, I totally agree with that um, I just think there is this sort of perception it's the poor cousin to consumer branding unfairly in my view you mentioned purpose actually um there and i'd be really interested in understanding you know purpose uh esg is very much on the corporate agenda quite rightly so how far does that guide you and the work you're you've done and are doing well Absolutely. I mean, your purpose should be the lens by which you make you when you make decisions or when you're sort of struggling to decide what to do. If you look to your purpose, that should really give you a strong steering guidance about what the right decision is. Um, and certainly during COVID, there were times when we were all dealing with unusual and unprecedented circumstances and looking towards your purpose as a means of making decisions about what we did and didn't do at an employee level and at a client level, um, I think was incredibly important. I think the thing to watch out for, though, in particularly in B2B marketing, is your purpose is always there, right? That's your North Star. That's what guides your corporation and the decisions that they're making. Um, it's not a proposition, and I think propositions and what you take to market can change often, right? It depends on market relevance, depends on client needs, but your purpose should remain static. And and I do think there are times when that line feels a bit grey and you, you can start to see some organisations treading quite a fine line between those two things. And then, of course, we've seen in the more consumer space, that's where you start to get accusations of greenwashing and other things. So, you know, I think that that goes back to my point about courage. We as marketers have to have the courage to really hold the business to account for what is us 
talking about our purpose as a reason why we exist in the world and a reason how we make decisions versus a set of propositions which might help clients tackle some of the challenges around ESG. But those two things are not the same. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And and I think the other thing that's important, I, I don't know if you agree with this, that ESG isn't at the side of the business. It's very much at the core of how products are are developed and and propositions are developed um it's not a nice to have it's it's um, but it also drives revenue opportunities as well yeah and i think at the moment understandably there's quite a lot of focus on the e which is right but actually if you start to get into the s for example um i'm sure something that's dear to all of our hearts around diversity uh, inclusion of diverse thoughts how do you um, how do you make your workplace somewhere where people feel like they can bring their full selves to work? And we know that that means that you're more likely to develop better products or write better messaging or even come up with more creative ideas. If I just think about it in a marketing context, um, the G around governance, you know, if you think about all of the stuff actually that we're quite used to doing in B2B marketing, thinking about um, being a custodian of our clients' data, being clear about what governs the rules of the road around that. So there's quite a broad conversation, but actually, if it, you know, yes, of course, on the E side, and, and there's a lot of focus on climate and there's, yes, there's opportunity in that, but also there's a sense of this is what we have to do. And I have to say, one of the things I enjoy about PwC is that they've really put trust and outcomes in the heart of their new strategy. And I think that's a really brave and quite exciting thing to do. Um, but on the societal piece um, and on governance, I think there's some really interesting opportunities for us as marketers to start to set a standard about what we expect and also the benefits of doing these things really well. That's that's really that's really interesting. I love that because governance is quite often seen as a kind of company secretarial role. It's policies. Um, and actually that means it's living and breathing. I really love that. So we've talked a lot about a lack of courage and 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 and, and fearfulness. Um, so when you're judging one of the many awards, I know you, you judge awards a lot, what challenge would you like to send to B2B marketers to change that? So so when I am uh when I am judging awards, I think one of the things we sometimes struggle to do in B2B marketing is situate the results of what we do in what we did set out to do in the first place. So quite often I see awards entries which focus a lot on the results, but haven't really explained, well, what did you set out to achieve? And even internally, you look at, sometimes I look at packs of data and I'm like, well, I don't know if this is good or not, because I don't know what our target was or where we, what what did we hope would happen? And that doesn't have to be like hugely locked down in terms of like a sales target, but without a sense of what was the ambition to begin with and how far did you get to meeting those, the numbers are quite hard to digest and understand. So that would be a, a first tip that I would give anyone who's thinking about how they present either to their boards or internal stakeholders or put things into the external market. The second is, and I know that you've done a session on this and we touched on it, is around creativity. You know, I think that, and that's not just creativity on the visual side, although I think we all, you know, have seen so many of the sort of Getty images of, you know, people earnestly sitting around boardrooms and pointing at whiteboards. And it's sort of, it's, you know, it's not, you know, there's, I, I think there's time for us to look at that as a B2B marketing community, but also in terms of what I call the sort of A-level economics school of writing, you know, it's kind of in a fast changing world, senior executives are balancing opportunity and risk you know I think that some of that is masking a lack of understanding about how the content maps to the buyer journey and what the client or the customer would really want to get out of engaging with the content and I like the idea of a kind of return on engagement and thinking about that so 
those are two areas where I would really suggest, you know, of course, put in metrics, of course, tie it to revenue and business outcomes, but situate it in the ambition and contextualize it. Um, and then really challenge yourself to do something creative, not for the sake of being creative, but for the sake of not being boring. Yeah, don't be boring completely. Um, I just want to talk to you about your role, your global CMO. Um and, you know, sectors, businesses are reshaping, changing. How's the role of the CMO changing from your perspective? Well, I think, first of all, um, we all saw in COVID the rise of the kind of, mar- you know, the rise of the reputation, I guess, of marketing internally. Um, you know, suddenly without the kind of more face-to-face channels, um, sales and accounts leads started to look to marketing for thought leadership, for help with social for webinars, for online events, all of those types of things. So I think that's that's exciting. And what that's done is created demand. What we also see, certainly when I look at my sector, is there is a accelerating change and shift in the way that people want to buy. So, of course, the rise of digital channels, but also being able to help clients to understand the value of working with you, um, about the role of thought leadership and some of these other things. So I think we're more firmly on the agenda than we have been before. And I welcome that because I love B2B marketing. It's it's our coming of age. Um, So the role of the CMO, I think, is being elevated and the value of marketing has been elevated. I think what we then need to do as CMOs is have the courage to do, to really kind of put the whole of our emphasis behind things. So for example, in my last two roles, I took a sales target. And I think that that was a really important way for me to be able to engage in lead transformation. Um, I've taken active roles in working with IT to deploy and roll out the tech stack, which has meant that we have been embedded kind of into the core of the infrastructure of how we do business. Um, So and, you know, working really differently with CFOs to start to understand cost of acquisition of clients or customers versus lifetime value. How do you balance that against marketing and really thinking about the CFO as an ally in that? So it's quite a lot of, I think, opportunities for CMOs. I think it's just for us now to take it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, I mean... Thank you for that. And um, our time is nearly over in the woods. Um, and with our bears exhausted, um, I'd just like to ask you, where was your most memorable picnic and, and, and why? So I think my most memorable picnic was um, when my children were very young and we got together with a whole group of friends who also had very young children too. And it was one of those sort of idyllic summer days and everyone had brought things. And I think we probably all drank a little bit too much wine to be very good parents of small children. Um, But I just, you know, the children were at a particularly cute age and I remember them going off, running off and finding and running back proudly showing us leaves and snails, you know, like they've discovered these things for the first time. And whilst I've had sort of wild picnics and raucous picnics and on beach picnics, there's something about that which really has probably, it's probably terrible for my children calcified in my memory. They'll probably always forever be that age for me. But there's something about their curiosity and their sweetness at that moment, but also being with friends who are going through the same thing and really being able to, um, you know, really being able to have feel a sense of, I guess, shared 
sense of time as well as shared sense of place. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much for your time today, Antonia. It's been a real pleasure. Lovely to talk to you as ever. I could talk to you forever, but um, we've only had a short period of time. So thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to The Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series. For more episodes, visit our website, bccp.com forward slash capabilities forward slash business.